2: Hour number two underway now at nine minutes past ten o'clock. Thanks so much for being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. It is a Wednesday, and it is the eighth morning of the twelfth month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Coming up in about a half an hour, we're going to talk to Alex Berenson, former New York Times writer, now uh, probably the most feared journalist working uh, on the issues of COVID lockdowns, COVID mandates, forced masking, harming our children. Uh, And, of course, forced vaccinations. I told you the good news at the start of the show, uh, that uh, literally all of Joe Biden's civilian vaccine mandates now have uh, come to a grinding halt. The federal courts have ruled, and virtually all, and not virtually, let me restate, literally all of them uh, have been stayed or have been enjoined. There is no mandate that is pending now against uh, civilian workers or civilians, period, period. No matter what Joe or uh, Joe, uh, Bill de Blasio was trying to do to the people of New York City. It's so funny. He uh, he enacted a uh, or ordered a uh, vaccine mandate for all employees in all of New York. Doesn't matter. Everybody. Doesn't matter whether it's a company with 100 or, or two. Everybody has to get one. He said it takes effect, right, on December 27th or five days before he's out of office. <laughs> So he just handed this to the next mayor, which is hilarious. Um, So we got some good news, though, that these vaccine mandates have been enjoined or they have been stayed. But um, there is still so so much work to be done here to really, truly protect our freedoms. If you have not been paying attention to what is going on in Oregon, let me give you this update. In the state of Oregon, which of course is home to Portland, so that tells you all you need to know. It's home to Governor Kate Brown, so that's all you need to know. I mean, it's just, Oregon is making California look almost sane by comparison. Portland makes San Francisco and L.A., which are just the bastions of liberalism, along with New York City, I guess, uh, and maybe Austin, Texas, (laughs) Uh, they're making them look almost moderate by comparison. That's how insane Portland is, and that's how insane Oregon is, but this is, this is just something you probably couldn't have written if you were writing for a satire website. Remember, just wear masks, people. Stay home, and if you have to go out for essential supplies, or if you have to work in an essential job, wear a mask. It's just two weeks. We've got to flatten the curve. Remember that? Well, in Oregon, they have gone from two weeks to flatten the curve until uh, to uh, permanent when it comes to mask mandates. Let me say again, two weeks to flatten the curve, permanent. Or unless we tell you otherwise, we'll let you know if we lift the permanent ban. Forget about where we are in caseloads of COVID COVID cases. Forget about where we are in hospitalizations, deaths, uh, variants, this or that. Just you're going to wear it forever until we tell you not to. This is what they're working on right now. The Oregon Health Authority... Has met with community leaders, some community groups, and they're trying to iron out the details uh, on how to write a new rule that would make the mask mandate forever, permanent. Now, it's kind of funny listening to liberals try to lift, uh, you know, or to try to, uh, 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 you know, ease the concerns of, of people who understand what's going on here by playing word games. Listen to this word game. You ready? Dr. Paul Sislak, the medical director for the OH, that's Oregon, Health Authorities, Communicable Disease and Immunization Division, said in response to criticism of this forever mandate wearing masks, he said, permanent means indefinite. It doesn't necessarily mean permanent. (laughs) He said permanent means indefinite. It doesn't mean permanent. I bet you if you were to look up in a thesaurus the word permanent and look for synonyms, I bet you indefinite shows up. And I bet you if you look up indefinite, the word permanent is going to show up. Because they mean the same thing. It's permanent until it's lifted. It's indefinite meaning it goes forever until it's lifted. They're trying to tell you that permanent doesn't mean permanent. That it doesn't mean perpetual and unending and enduring. That it, it, It means indefinite, which means what? It means perpetual, unending, and enduring until somebody changes it. So it is a permanent mask mandate that they're working on. And I say this to say this. Isn't this what we told you was going to happen? Isn't this what we told you would happen when we got on the slippery slope of mandating that people strap face diapers to their faces, covering themselves, breathing in their own carbon dioxide, making themselves sick. Healthy people, numerous studies have proven, wearing masks over their nose and their mouths over the course of hours and hours at a time, day after day after day, can make people very, very sick. Children are not learning because they cannot see their teachers' mouths They're trying to learn to read, and they can't actually see and sound things out. These are all studies that are being done. And we said back then, right? Maybe you were one of us who said back then, this slippery slope is only going to lead to one thing, and that is permanence. If they Look, when is the last time you've ever seen big government, an authoritarian-style government, take something away from the people and then give it back? I'll wait. Maybe you will literally have an answer to that. I don't know 2169010945. I can't I don't know the last time that happened. When the government takes things from the people, they don't give it back. The only way they can give it back is if the people force them to. Quite literally. They took things away from the people, of course, when uh when the uh, colonies were still run by the Brits before we declared our our, our independence. And had to fight our way out to gain liberties back that were taken from us. And I'm not saying that's going to happen now. I'm not telling you to get your musket ready to go. I'm just saying that the government, once it takes things away, it doesn't give them back. Well, we told you that if you stand on a slippery slope, there is no choice as to what direction you're going to go. You're going to slide down. That slope isn't going to be able to be climbed up when you are slipping and sliding. You're going down, and eventually you're going to land in a giant puddle of tyranny. And that's exactly what we said would happen. It's exactly what is happening. Wear these masks just for a couple of weeks. Stay at home just for a couple of weeks. Let's flatten the curve, then we'll go back to normal. Now here we are, almost two full calendar years later, and it's wear these forever. It's just right. It's just the right thing to do for everybody. And I'll ask you again what I asked you last hour. You sure you want to play these games? Bob is in Brunswick. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Robert, good morning. Go right ahead.
3: Good morning, Bob. You know, you, I'm glad you brought up the masks, too, because that's where the psychological warfare started, It was with the masks and the numbers on the TV and everything else. And if you don't think that they've been looking for uh, uh, some sort of virus to mandate vaccines on, I mean, think about the past couple of decades with the flu shot every year. That never works either. You know, these people, we go get a flu shot every year because, uh, well, this strain's going to be bad, that strain's going to be bad, but Mm -hmm. then you end up with a flu anyway. Yeah, a lot of uh, people
2: do. A lot of people do. That's absolutely Where is right.
3: the evidence that any of these vaccines, whether it's for the flu, whether it's for pneumonia, whether it's where's the numbers that support that this works?
2: Well, you know, here's the thing. Um I I don't want to I don't want to um mix the two together, flu and and COVID shots because flu shots throughout history have you know sometimes had a success ratio in the 60 to 70 percent range you know which means that there's six out of six or seven out of every 10 people are not going to get the flu if they take this uh this vaccine because it's you know they've they've kind of figured out again the word variant or it's strain they figured out and which yeah, is going to be the most dominant but what makes what makes that what, what hold on what what makes that different of course is that no one is being forced to take one you can roll the dice whether or not you want to get the flu and and yeah, Look
3: how hard they push to sell that flu shot every year.
2: Yeah, they you know. can, but yeah, but you know what? That's okay with me though, Bob, because they can push okay. as hard as they want as long as they don't say you can't have a job unless you take it. Once you start getting into that neighborhood, which is where they are with the profit shots in the uh, for the for the Chinese flu, um, that that that's a different story. If they want to tell me, look, and by the way, the flu is deadly. We but people oh, of, absolutely. people forget that. Uh you know, it strikes the very old and the very young very hard every flu season. There are tens of thousands of Just deaths like from flu. COVID. But right No, but they don't mandate flu shots, and they don't mandate masks because people might give each other the flu. They let people make their own choices, and that's how it's supposed to be in a free society.
3: The psychological warfare is is what, you know, that really struck a chord with me because I've been saying that from day one of this. It's psychological warfare to put a mask on people, especially your children. They can't, you know... it, it, it's you know keeping people apart, stay away from your family, yep. this, that, the other thing, that's just designed to break people down, you know. No, a- you're, and, and
2: you're a hundred percent right. And this this is the real frustrating part about it, Bob. And I thank you for the phone call, my friend. I got to move on here. The most frustrating thing about it, again, is that there is no science behind it. Right, the mask mandates are making a comeback now. Oregon isn't the only one. They may be the only one saying we're going to do it forever, but more and more because of the fear and the propaganda associated with the Omicron variant, there are more and more places going back to mask up, mask up, mask up, mask, mask up, right? And there's no science behind it. I've been telling you this for for months now. This is why I sell the T-shirts at uh, AlwaysRight.us. Go online at alwayswrite.us. It's not about science. It's about compliance. And what better form of compliance do they have than to have people covering their faces? Everyone will know who's complying by looking at their faces. And it's not science. Because there are still no randomized controlled studies in the real world that actually uh, have proven that these masks, particularly the cloth masks, do anything to stop Uh, the transmission of the China flu. Not even one single bit. Nor the South African variant or whatever. There's no science. They have only controlled studies in labs where they essentially super glue the edges of these surgical masks to the faces of dummies and then they try to pump smoke in to see if it gets in or out and they say, oh look at that. It's stopping it. Well nobody's super gluing the masks to the faces. They have holes, they have gaps and the particles are of the COVID virus are so small, they not only go out of those gaps, they actually go through the material themselves. There is no science behind this. What, you know where there is science? You know what studies have been done that do indeed come to a scientific conclusion? Is that people who are healthy, who wear those masks for long periods of time, time are suffering very serious adverse side effects. There are pamphlets that I have given out to people at speaking engagements at which I, in which I participate that I got from Citizens for Free Speech, which you can get too, by the way, that show exactly that. Actual studies sourced and cited. Studies that prove forced masking of healthy people is dangerous for some health, and not all healthy people, but for some. Which is why you don't practice one-size-fits-all medicine. Whether it comes to a profit shot, or it comes to a mask rule. You can't play one-size-fits-all because we are all very different when it comes to our health. And so I urge you, go to Citizens for Free Speech. Last year, by the way, when all of this started, too, we were also giving people, and you could order them just for the cost of shipping uh, and production. There's no profit. Again, CFFS, Citizens for Free Speech, is a nonprofit organization uh, I work for, by the way, or work with, rather, as a volunteer uh, CitizensForFreeSpeech.org. We started giving out lanyards, so, so the people wore those into places that wanted them to wear masks. And on the lanyard was printed the law that says you don't have to. And on the other side of that uh, uh, little card that's on the lanyard was uh, the, the the actual text of the First Amendment. I think it's time to pull those those cards and those lanyards back out. If you don't, if you already have one, and if you don't, I think you ought to consider it go to uh, citizensforfreespeech.org citizensforfreespeech.org uh order up some of those give them to people you know and you care about give the pamphlets out too including and especially the new trifold about propaganda which is what is leading to all of this fall back toward tyranny that we are experiencing right now it's all about propaganda i'll be right back it's Okay, this is, um, this is one of those things that's just too weird. It's too kooky. Um, remember I was just telling you the Oregon story about Dr. Paul Sislak? The, um, uh, what was he? The uh, immunization and infectious disease specialist or whatever at the Oregon Health Association or Health Authority that is one of the ones pushing this permanent mask mandate? I just got a message from his sister who lives here. She has the last name. I'm looking. She's on my Facebook. She's a Facebook friend. And her last name is the same. And she just messaged me and said, Dr. Paul Sislak is my uh, other brother. Hubby and I happened upon the article quoting him on Fox News over the weekend. I've been mocking him mercilessly ever since. He's been living in Oregon for far too long. You may be right, sis. I'm not going to say your name in case you don't want me to. But you may be right. (laughs) Because that's just this side of insanity. Permanent doesn't mean permanent, says Dr. Sislak. Okay. Uh, Where are we going? Uh, We're going to Maple Heights. Chuck, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for your patience. Chuck, go right ahead, sir. Good
4: morning, Bob. Uh, You know, I know it doesn't deal with science because for two years we've almost dealt with this virus, and we have not one real therapeutic. There's not one real one. There's a whole bunch of stuff, and they've never tested the other things. They have never done, I don't know what kind of tests they've done on hydroxychloroquine or on this other stuff, but where is a real therapeutic that you could go, if you start getting sick with COVID, you could go to the store and buy something to help ease the pain of it. There's nothing.
2: Well, My I'm, I'm going to... Uh, well, okay, right. go ahead and make go your ahead. second point, and then I'll respond. Go ahead.
4: Okay, um, I'm, I'm concerned. I don't want to jump ship on this subject, but I'm sort of concerned right now that the left will probably be building out Tim Ryan as our possible Senate choice for their side for the Senate seat. And I'm worried with so many different guys or people that we have in it. We, we, we've got to find one good superstar type candidate because I'm worried if we lose that Senate seat because we don't get one consolidated vote going for one solid person. I'm worried about that. I, I know it's not the same okay.
2: subject you're talking about. That's okay, Chuck. Let me, let, get, me ju- let me jump in now because I've got to get to our news, and then I've got Alex Berenson coming up. I want to hit both your things. I disagree with you, I think, on both points, and I do so respectfully, by the way. Uh, my point is this. Um I think there are therapeutics out there. Yesterday I talked to Mark Meadows former Trump chief of staff who told me that what got Donald Trump out of his COVID situation in really really rapid uh you know time was Regeneron which is you know a monoclonal antibody treatment which is a therapeutic. It exists. Those monoclonal antibody treatments are are godsends and they do Uh, Protect people. I would also tell you that there has been massive have been massive numbers of people who have been treated by ivermectin, which again is being discounted by big pharma because they don't make profits on it. They call it horse dewormer and all these other things. It is an effective therapeutic that people have used prophylactically to stop them from getting COVID, and they have used after they have gotten COVID to hasten their recovery. So there are therapeutics that do work. I would point that out. And then the second thing is there will be one great consolidated candidate uh, that will emerge from this primary field, and Tim Ryan, I don't think, has a snowball's chance of beating whoever that may be. And again, I'm not going to pick anybody. I'm not going to endorse him in this primary race for the Republican Senate race. But I will tell you this: the winner is going to come out and smoke Tim Ryan. We are not going to give up that seat. All right. News time now. Alex Berenson will join us next. AM 1420. The answer. No
0: Against the lies of the liberal media pandemic, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. 10:37.
2: 10:37. we continue on this Wednesday edition. Thank you for being a part of the authority. We'll go back to your phone calls as quickly as we can, but I want to take some time now and listen and learn. I do it many times during the week, uh, during the Tucker Carlson show, uh, because he has made Alex Berenson a frequent guest, and thank goodness for all of us that he is somebody in national media with the credentials uh, that Alex Berenson has telling people the truth, trying to counter the propaganda being pushed by Big Pharma, which I call the legalized drug cartels, and by the Biden administration and the political left. Alex Berenson, uh, Berenson has been pushing back, which is one of the reasons he's now a former reporter for The New York Times and current author of his latest book, Pandemia, How Coronavirus Hysteria Took Over Our Government Rights and lives alex it's so good to have you on the air here in cleveland how are you this morning
5: i'm uh i'm i'm fine um i have to apologize i am as he's saying goes, bigger than a uh, busier than a one-legged man at a butt-kicking contest um right now i'm trying to break some news so i don't have very much time but i would love to talk to you about pandemia for a couple (laughs) minutes and you know i think i think you're right it's uh, you know, people should be concerned about the fact that, uh, you know, that these are the most profitable products, these vaccines in the history of the drug industry and what that means in terms of whether or not the, the company companies like Pfizer are going to tell the truth about them and about their side effects, um, well, because we know the companies, you know, once they start making a lot of money, it becomes very hard for them to be honest about you know, either efficacy or side effects.
2: You know, Alex, I'm glad you said what you said about the profit here, because I, I don't call them vaccines, I call them big pharma profit shots. This is what they are. The news that I had this morning that we heard is that Pfizer has announced that, hey, we we found out that the two shots really aren't too effective against the Omicron, but a booster makes you very protected against the Omicron until March, when we're going to release a brand new version of the vaccine simply for Omicron. I mean, I, I mean they're literally just selling it hand over fist, exactly. and we're Buying
5: it, Yeah, well, we're not buying it. Governments mm. are buying it at, you know, with with our tax dollars. And then, you know, for in many states trying to force it on people. And, you know, as, as we know, Biden tried to uh, institute these vaccine mandates, um, which right now are all state. But, uh, you know, there's incredible societal pressure uh, that comes both from the government and from the media to, uh, to push people to be vaccinated. I mean, if you think about it, this is an incredible product from the point of view of Pfizer or Moderna. They sell. They have a. They have a built-in audience. They don't have to advertise it. The government governments around the world advertise it for them. They have no liability, and they don't even have to disclose side effects. With normal drugs, they would have to disclose side effects. They, they don't even have to do that.
2: That is such a great point, Alex. Uh, tell me how pandemic uh, I mean came in to ads, be.
5: By the way, I'm sorry. Um, you know, I, I, I mean an ads. Obviously, there's no, no. This closed side, but, but you know what I mean. I do. I, I, I know exactly they, what you mean.
2: Yeah, you're exactly. And um, by the I, way, I also I, know what you mean when you say, you know, uh, when I said that we're we're buying it. We literally are. It's yeah. against our will. They're taking our tax yeah. dollars and buying it and forcing it on people. But we are being forced to buy it. Go ahead.
5: I always like to be very precise because I know there are people out there who are going to try to jump on me if I say anything that, you know, is not completely sort of backed by facts and data. So I try to be very precise with my comments. When I say they don't have to disclose the side effects, I mean in the context of, you know, if they're selling Viagra or something they have to put a they have to, you know, have a long list of disclaimers on that. That's not true of vaccine ads. Yeah. But, uh, sorry, what, what you're, you're, well, uh, well now, first of
2: all, first of all, just to follow up, I've been screaming what you're saying right now about the ads for a very long time. And you're right. You are a hundred percent precise and accurate on that. I just wanted to get to your book. Cause I see, you said you're short on time and I want to talk yeah. about, you put this together in really, you know, a, a quick fashion. Tell me, uh, tell me the goal of Pandemia, what the goal to, to give, get through to the reader is.
5: So, so, um, so, you know, in writing this book, obviously we've all lived through the last two years, but I think can be overwhelming, you, you know, the sort of lies I and mean, the statements, they, you know, the, the public health establishment and the media, they say one thing, it turns out not to be true, they just move on. So, they, you know, they said, they said that we were going to need a million ventilators or people, you know, we're going to be dropping dead in the streets. Mm-hmm. Totally untrue. They just, they, and they blame Donald Trump. We don't have enough ventilators. Now there are literally ventilators, um, that we are trying to find, you know, countries in Africa to give to. And I'm, and I'm really not exaggerating. We, have, we, have huge stockpiles these ventilators we can't even use. Um, test and trace. They said, oh, test and trace is the way out of this. And, you know, that, that's completely untrue too. You know, once a, once a virus becomes endemic, meaning it's everywhere like this one is, um, there's absolutely no reasonable way to test you know, transmission chains or try to break transmission trains. It's just everywhere. So, okay, the book is about all these things, but what it really is about is let's pull back and let's look at the fact that the public health response has been so long and confused over and over again, and the media has refused to acknowledge this and, in fact, continues to just exist as a propaganda arm uh, of you know of the CDC, instead of asking questions, instead of instead of doing its job, which is which is, hey, you told us something last month that turned out not to be correct. Now you're telling us something else. We're going to ask you why were you wrong last month, and why should we trust you this month? So pandemic is about a lot of things, but fundamentally, hopefully, it will help people put the last two years in context.
2: Alex Berenson is my guest. He's the author of Pandemia, How Coronavirus Hysteria Took Over Our Government Rights and Lives. Alex, you just let me know when you've got to go. You said you're doing a breaking news thing, but I'll ask questions until you tell me I can't. Sure. Um, The word hysteria in your title uh, is accurate, and it's been brought about by the word propaganda. Can you talk to us about how this campaign has gone and why the media has been so complicit in the propagandizing of of, of all of the fears and all of the fear-mongering that the left is doing and can you maybe you can't compare that to how the media would be reacting if it was Donald Trump in term number two still governing and telling people to take vaccines, especially if he had tried to mandate them.
5: I mean that, that is a great question, and uh, you know about Trump. I, what I've said, and, and I disclose this in, in pandemia, I you know I didn't vote for either Joe Biden or Donald Trump. I I think there are lots of problems with both of them as leaders. Um, Clearly, there's lots of problems with Joe Biden, as we know. But I, in a way, I wish that Donald Trump had won because exactly what you're saying is correct. Had he won and had he been pushing these vaccines, the media would be asking all the questions that it should be asking about their efficacy, about their safety. And I I don't know if people remember, it was only three months ago that that the two most senior vaccine regulators at the FDA resigned. And they resigned because they thought, Biden, you know, promised boosters, and we don't really have data to support boosting everyone. And the media, you know, they wrote a couple stories about that. But try to imagine, if Donald Trump had said, we're going to have these boosters, and senior FDA officials had resigned, there would have been calls to impeach him. And I'm not exaggerating. So the media has clearly given Biden a pass this year on the complete failure, uh, you know, of all his efforts to stop the pandemic and on the, you know, apparently near-complete failure of these vaccines. And had Trump been in office, I think those questions would have been asked. What somebody said, and by the way, I'm now banned from Twitter, I'm banned from Twitter for, uh, in my mind, asking the right questions, not for not for promoting any kind of crazy misinformation about the vaccines, you know, as a depopulation campaign or anything like that. I think that stuff is, is you know, sort of is... is crazy to be honest with you I think I think the vaccines are sort of you know poorly made pharmaceutical products and that's how we should judge them um but but as somebody wrote had Donald Trump been president CNN's twitter would look like Alex Barron's twitter wow. and i said you know that's probably true and guess what my twitter would still look like my twitter because i don't really care who's president i care whether these vaccines work or not
2: you know what? That's so very accurate. I have said the same thing. That Trump voters, generally, of which I am one, we would still be opposed to vaccine mandates if Trump was the one ordering them, just like we are with Biden. But the left—they would be livid if Trump was mandating these things. Call him a tyrant. Call him a dictator. Call him a king wannabe. Well, but they, of course, then when Joe Biden is issuing the mandates, well, this is the only responsible thing to do. This is how we. This is how we protect society. What's wrong with you people? Uh,
5: yes, it's it's really very strange what's happened to the left. Um, so, so in any case, you know, the book, the book, uh, it's 400 pages long. And, and what I say, and say truthfully, it could be 800 pages long, um, by the way. And it has, you know, it has 800 footnotes in it because I want people to know where I'm getting data from.
2: So important. So uh, important these days. Yes.
5: So important. But you know, uh, this is going to be a long fight. It's going to go on, unfortunately, for years more, I think politically. I mean, I think we may be coming close to the end of the pandemic medically. I certainly hope. But in terms of the politics of this, and, and we're clearly going to have one more wave this winter. We'll see what happens then. Well, but in terms of the politics, we are you know, the left has seized this moment, and it does not seem to want to let go.
2: Alex Berenson's book is Pandemia, How Coronavirus Hysteria Took Over Our Government Rights and Lives. It is available now. It was released on November 30th, so get it. Get it in time for Christmas gifts. Alex, um, you said, you know, the the whole thing about, People saying, well, it's about depopulation and so forth. It's all conspiracy and it's all crazy. And I don't disagree with a lot of those things. But, um, a lot of us, you know, almost two years ago now said that forced masking for a two week period to flatten the curve is going to lead to a permanent, uh, type of situation where if the, if the people allow the government to force them to do something for a period of time, they're never going to get it back. And here we are with Oregon. Now the Oregon Health Authority, uh, meeting and planning and trying to devise a rule that makes masking permanent slash indefinite so some of these slippery slope things are real if you're on a slippery slope you're going to go down not up
5: well, well I, I, that i agree with and and you know and i think actually the experience of europe and the experience of Australia you New know, Zealand show you know where this can go if people don't stand up and say you know we believe in individual freedom and individual choice i think that you know there clearly is a is a real risk of government overreach severe government overreach um but that's different than saying you know what like the, the, this this is a, you know these vaccines are intended to kill you know ninety percent of people in the world. I mean that that isn't true either.
2: Right, right. Um, no, so I, I don't mean I don't mean to I don't and, mean to and, correlate and, the and, two. And, but go ahead.
5: And, and one of the one of the things you know in the book I talk a little bit about this at the end is that so you know I've gotten to know some people like you know RFK Junior or Naomi Wolf. These people are sort of the anti-vaxxers. They're, you know they're they're against all vaccines for the most part. I mean I'm you know I I'm not an anti-vaxxer. My kids are vaccinated against standard childhood illnesses. With the standard vaccines, I just believe the COVID vaccine is different. But I, I think that sometimes some of these folks use rhetoric or or go down conspiracy theories that that hurt people like me who are trying to, um, you know, present more nuanced arguments Because we all get to, it, it, when when you say if you say depopulation one time, it it, it can you know you get dismissed forever. So I'm so so that's the problem is that these people on the left, they want to they want to they want to lump us all together. And I think that that's from my point of view, that doesn't help uh, my argument.
2: Alex Barron, said last question before you go break more news. Um, how do you see the court situation playing out now? Literally every civilian mandate that has been ordered by Joe Biden has been stayed or enjoined by a federal judge. This one after the federal contractors yesterday uh, yep. won won a court case. There, these are obviously all going to end up at the Supreme Court level. Do you have a prediction on how this is all going to play out when it's said and done? All right.
5: I think the I think the Supreme Court is quite likely to uh, to side with the federal courts. Um, you know, I think I think they're quite likely to throw it all out. They threw out the CDC's effort to say that you know you never have to pay rent again because of COVID, um, which was clearly uh, the correct ruling legally and from societal the society's point of view. Um, you know, people have to pay rent. If you you know, if you're in somebody's apartment living there, you you owe them rent, whether or not there's COVID. Um, and so uh, so. Uh, so I think the court has, you know, sort of now said we're, we're against this government overreach. And it, in, in lighting pandemia, um, you know, it was striking to me last year. The courts very much got out of the way of, uh, the states and the federal government's efforts to, you know, lock down and mask. And I think they're now standing up and saying these vaccine mandates are a step too far. And we know this isn't as dangerous as we thought it was last year. And so it is time. Uh, you know, for us to step in, and I'm, I'm really glad to see that. Now, the court will do what the court will do, the Supreme Court, but I, I would predict, just based on that, that earlier decision from the summer, that they're quite likely to, to, um, you know, to stand against Biden.
2: Uh, I tend to agree, although I don't want to get my hopes up, because we've been disappointed by the Roberts court before on things that we thought were going to be very clear, uh, you know, constitutional or or unconstitutional issues that he said, no, this is okay, including mandates to buy health insurance. So we'll wait and see on that. But Pandemia, we don't have to wait for it's out right now. Pandemia, how coronavirus hysteria took over our government rights, our government rights and lives. Uh, Alex Berenson, keep up the great work. We'll continue to follow you for breaking news. Thanks for the time. Thank you so much. You got it. All right, that's Alex Berenson. Good stuff uh, from him. I see him on Tucker uh, probably two, three times a week, it seems, and he's always got tremendous new insights, and it's all a result of tireless research and reporting, ferreting out sources and information, cultivating intelligence uh, as it pertains to the science behind all of this. Um I don't know that anybody's doing it any better. Alex Berenson is to COVID nineteen hysteria and propaganda as uh, Christopher Rufo is to um, is to um, um, critical race theory. They're they're just the very best doing it right now. They've devoted their careers to those individual issues, and you need to be paying attention to Alex. His book Pandemia how coronavirus hysteria took over our government rights and lives. It's uh, it's extraordinary. Uh, Pandemic panic has corrupted science, and uh, we're falling for it. We need to educate ourselves and push back against it. You can start by reading that book. Last segment coming up right here on AM 1420 The Answer.
3: The American Red Cross encourages healthy individuals to make an appointment to donate blood in the weeks ahead by visiting redcrossblood.org or calling one eight hundred.
2: I guess uh, I guess uh, DJ Johnny over here is uh, paying attention to the callers. We had a caller off the air. TJ called to let us know that today is Jim Morrison's birthday. And so here we come with L.A. Woman. Well done. Well done. Morrison was a drugged out rock star who died at 27, like so many others, like Hendrix and Joplin and, and Kurt Cobain and others. Not exactly a role model, but I liked his music and I liked his poetry. I did, I have to admit. He was a poet who became a singer. He wasn't a singer who also did poetry. Uh, and I like poetry, so good stuff there. All right, thank you. Uh, Stephen Collinwood, you're up. I'm going to get you on here before we're done. Steve, you're on the air. Go ahead, sir.
6: Yeah, this is just all of an attack on uh, your your privacy, rights. You know, your medical history and your medical condition. And uh, because uh, that's the last bastion of privacy. They already know what you're watching, who you're calling, what you're buying, that, that that's all electronically, you know, and you're, they can find that you're, out. But,
2: you're a thousand but, percent right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They know exactly I, what we're doing all the time because we have smartphones and we have uh, uh, personal assistant devices in our homes and computers, and no matter where you log on or what you're talking about, it's listening and paying attention and pushing you into targeted advertisements. Uh, so if they know all of those things about you, what else can they learn about you? Uh, and, and this is it. What's in your body? Uh, you know, controlling your medication,
6: if you, have, if you have hypertension, if you if you have high blood pressure, not only will they bombard you with, with the advertisements, but by eating away at, <clears throat> at, at your privacy rights, somebody may not hire you in the future or, or you may only be able to get a job according to your health records if you agree to to share the information.
2: I that you're, you're you Steve you're not wrong yeah all those things are possibilities now you know and if you'd have said this kind of thing five years ago perhaps thanks for the call Steve if you'd have said these kind of thing five years ago I might have said oh come on let's not be silly and a lot of people call that conspiracy and so forth but now after what we're watching take place I don't think we can discount anything. Maybe with the exception of the depopulation thing that Alex Barrinson talking about, Perinson was talking about. I do think that's a bridge too far. Uh, but clearly, there is a control factor here, and the big government once it get one, big government once it gets control, does not give it back. That's reality. Bob is in Medina, going to wrap it up for us this morning. Hey, Bob, go right ahead. Thanks for your patience. You're on the air.
7: Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, real quick, I had a few points, but I'm just going to cut this down to one, okay. and uh, it's just. Uh, thanksgiving uh miracle and uh it relates to the uh herd immunity and our god-given immunity i was uh we were cooking up thanksgiving and man bob i burned the middle uh finger you know on uh, on my wife's stove Ooh. and it was like painful and i just thought man these poor burn victim but i'll go real fast swelled up you know, I had to pop it. You know, pop the water out, swelled up again. Ugh. And this was the finger that I use to access my phone. It's fingerprinted. You know, right? And so then I have to use my my other. You know, my my my, my secret code. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, so didn't work. Didn't work my finger. So I've been using my code. Now I look at it. Now we're talking things today. It works now. My fingerprint is exactly what I had previous to that. That's 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 a God. That's uh, just a miracle. And and with this herd immunity, that's another miracle of God. He's protecting us, and the Bible says so. The Bible says that the body is a wondrous thing that God has made. I'm gonna I'm gotta gonna gotta have to it.
2: cut you there, my friend, because I'm out of time. The show is over. But I love the message. You're right. God did a lot of wonderful things for us through our bodies, and we should not be altering it by man. Thanks, everyone. Let's go, Brandon.